0: Hello, and welcome to This is Cannabis from X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. I'm your host, Lee Henderson, co-founder of Portland Craft Cannabis Company, Hi-Fi Farms. With me in the studio today is my co-host, Emma Chasen, the founder of Eminent Consulting.
1: Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Good.
0: Um, I talked about this a little bit in the show, uh, but I hurt my back.
1: Oof. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did what were the, you doing?
0: I was uh, in the gym, and I was mm. I overdid it in the gym. Getting swole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say that
1: pursuit of fitness more like
0: uh, continuing to try to get those holiday pounds off oh yeah yeah we have a great show today we do, um, we do I'm we really excited do. about our guest we have um, our guest is a uh, good friend of both of ours yes. um, uh, lady named Trista Ockel who runs Empower Body Care which mm-hmm. is uh, they mostly make topicals
1: yeah I'm excited to do an episode on topicals It's going to
0: be a very topical
1: Oh, but I'm. Ch- Lee with the jokes.
0: By the way, had that joke written down. Oh,
1: my
2: God. Living right there with the smiley wow. face it on it. It is literally,
1: <laughs> literally
0: on the script. Yep. Uh, very topical. Come to <laughs> today. Sorry. He, oh, he, he you I said it again. God. Oh, man. All right. But you know what? So, yeah. So Trish is a friend of mine. Trish is. Uh, one of the first people I, I really feel like I met and got to know in the cannabis industry when we started High Five Farms like in you know summer of 2014 you mm-hmm. know what I mean mm-hmm. um, met her through uh, the Women Grow organization which was um, less less important here now but it was at the time uh, at, you know when when the company was getting started and sort of the cannabis industry was sort of coalescing you know um, a very interesting unique group of, of business owners and Trista was sort of at the forefront of it and. Um, yeah, I think she's a really rad, really rad person.
1: Yeah, she has great story stories. Yeah, that I'm sure she's going to share with us. Uh,
0: and so to, set, I want to tee up, I want to tee it up, uh, our conversation by she said something interesting uh, about topicals, which I found um, really, really nice. Which mm-hmm. was she called them an ambassador product, and what she and 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 she basically said that like the beauty of topicals to her are that they they really do work they really are effective uh, but they don't they are intoxicated they don't get you high quote mm-hmm. unquote high mm-hmm. you know and um and so she sees them as an ambassador uh for cannabis kind of more broadly um you know because she she knows if people will go to a dispensary to get this product that won't get them high but nevertheless has a has a has a um you know, an analgesic effect. Yeah, medicinal. Medicinal effect, thank you. Um, That that they sort of, over time, hopefully the idea is that the the stigma around going into cannabis dispensaries and and interacting with cannabis, more generally, will, will wane.
1: Yes. And I completely agree with that, yeah. especially if, no, we take, if we take a look at um, how they're packaged and specifically how Empower's products are packaged, where it looks like cosmetics. Mm-hmm. You know, it's lotions, it's oils, it's things that people have already had experiences using apart right. from cannabis. Right. So it's much easier to say, OK, well, if I'm using like a, an oil or a lotion like Arnica for right. example, right. for muscle relief, then why not use something that's infused with cannabis that doesn't even smell like cannabis, that looks like my Arnica lotion, uh, but that may um, work better for me. Right. And it is a good ambassador in that way. I like that word. Yeah. To, to maybe too. try other things in the cannabis realm. Not me be too. so scared.
0: All right. Well done. Well done, Trista. Thank you, Trista. Um. All right. And with that, let's go to that conversation. Woohoo. Woohoo. Our guest today is Trista Okel, the founder and CEO of Empower Body
2: Care. Uh, Trista, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. How you doing? I'm doing great. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year.
1: So good to see you. It's
2: good to see you. Yeah.
1: It's been a little while. It has. It was a busy fall. It was a busy, busy fall. 2019. It's gonna be the year, guys.
0: Oh, is it? Nope. We were. It's not gonna be the year. We were just saying. We were just saying uh, before we started recording that I think this year is going to be the worst year yet. (laughs) It's good to go in with
1: like very low expectations because it can only go up or stay the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, exactly. It can't. it, It will definitely get worse. Yeah. So let's just buckle up. <laughs> right?
2: You know, I've made comments this year already, and I've knocked on wood so many times that I probably need to start saying it's going to be an awful year. It's going to be. Yep. Let's just face it. It's going <laughs> to be. It's may not, it may not be
0: awful, but it's going to be. Dismal. Crazy. And Chaotic. Bad. it's going to be crazy and bad. Maybe not. I, I feel like there's a difference between bad and awful. Right. Awful to me was like 16 when like David Bowie died and Prince died and. All mm. well, those people. Yeah, I, you know, that was pretty sad. Yeah, this is going to be rough. more like crazy and bad, I think, but hopefully with less like, you know, Anthony Bourdain killing trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um. All right. Well, on that happy note. <laughs> so good uh, to have you, yes. Trista Oakle, <laughs> the founder and CEO of Empower Body Care. Um, Trista, I wanted to ask you first, please, to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, about what Empower Body Care is, and
2: how you got into the cannabis industry, please. Well, that's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of time. Great. So uh, you guys might not know this about me, but I was a dare kid. Did you know that? Mm, no. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was so Hashtag #irony anti cannabis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were a delinquent. No. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. For real.
2: <laughs> there we go. All right. So um, when I was seventeen, um, my my grandmother, my mother, my uh, my mother's uh, mother. So my grandmother on on my mom's side uh, got sick with cancer, and um, we only had three or four days left with her when when we finally found out. Wow! Oh. Yeah, so we we flew down to California to be with her, and uh, I watched her ask my uncle for pot. Mm. Yeah. So my grandmother was a nurse, and uh, she worked with in, in hospice with uh, people who are dying yeah. at the end and um, of her life, and. So she didn't want morphine. Yeah. She knew that m- morphine's what they give you when it's time to die. Right. Like, like literally time to die. Like the same day sort of thing. So um I watched her smoke pot. Wow. And I was in an evangelical Christian. What? Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: I had no idea about that one either. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs>
2: wow,
0: we are we're breaking news here.
2: This is cannabis, right? So, but watching this this happen, this was part of the reason I decided that I wasn't we, an evangelical yeah, you Christian. You shed a couple <laughs> of those skins, yeah. Um, watching my grandmother choose to deal with her pain um, in her last days with by smoking joints mm-hmm. mm. yeah
0: I was gonna ask like so this was this, what the 1990s yeah
2: this was 1991
0: okay so like there yeah I was gonna ask like was she she was kind of forced to smoke it because there weren't that was the only other I mean delivery system I mean
2: I'm sure she could have done brownies or something, something yeah. mm. but right at, at that point she didn't really want to eat much and so so I watched her go from groaning in pain to laughing and telling stories about the Mm. past Mm -hmm. and like really enjoying relatively pain-free all of us yeah you know beautiful and it it really turned my world upside down to see that you know i i had questioned everything that i was believing in Mm -hmm. thank goodness right right yeah and (laughs) well here you go and that's that's kind of how i got my start in exploring the possibility that cannabis could be used as medicine
0: where were you like where did, did you grow up here i grew up in, in 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 oregon yeah okay cool um well that is interesting that's beautiful right you know um did it was her son your father did you say
2: no no No. my she was my mom's mom
0: okay mm. who got her the weed my uncle yeah okay
2: so my mother's brother
0: Um yeah i found i was talking to my parents not this christmas but last christmas and that we were talking about my you know being in the cannabis industry and they were saying that they remember we i had a childhood friend whose father died of cancer and this was in the early 1980s uh and they were saying that they remember at the end that you know uh his wife my friend's mother was having to go down i grew up in atlanta and there was there's a section of atlanta called little five points which is um very hip and cool now but at mm-hmm. the time was very sketchy and they'd have to drive down there to find weed you know in like 1982 mm-hmm. and um, how and I, I, I'd never heard that story growing up or whatever and and so they I just think stories like that are are such a great continue to be such a great um, vehicle for telling the story of legalization you know what I mean because mm-hmm. presumably I don't know how your uncle um, procured this cannabis but
2: I don't either this was, thir- cl-
0: 1991 was cl- close to 30 years ago, right? Yeah. Now, Do we Crazy. really wow. have to talk about it wow. like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, guys. I
2: wasn't born yet.
0: Um, you weren't, oh. I <sighs> know, doesn't that hurt? Doesn't that hurt? Ooh, I was 14. Ouch. I was buying Nirvana's Nevermind with money of my own that I uh, got mowing lawns. Okay, okay, moving on, uh-huh. uh, baby Emma. All right. Um, yeah. So, well, that is that. like I said, that's a beautiful story. Um, And so that led you eventually to joining the cannabis industry. Well, we'll get into sort of your cannabis activism in a second, but I wanted to ask you specifically for our audience, like what Empower Body Care is and how it sort of fits into the the cannabis industry and how you Mm -hmm. got started there, please.
2: Great. Yeah. So in 2004, um, my mom was diagnosed with a couple of different forms of arthritis and um, she had taken a fall at work and hurt her back. So, um, so I started playing around with cannabis and grapeseed oil and it's a long, story. it's really kind of a long story. Do okay. you want, do you want it? Sure. Please. <laughs> we have <plenty> of time. <laughs> All Give right. it to us. Yeah. And it's really doesn't directly answer your question, okay. but that's okay. I'll yeah. get, I'll well, get to the answer eventually. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So, um, I was camping with a friend and her family and the, her family was away. Um, from the campsite so there was no ice and no ibuprofen and a large log got dropped on her foot by her nephews Mm. so as i'm watching oh and i didn't take any cannabis with me to uh, inhale but i did take cannabis with me in the form of of capsules Mm -hmm. so i had heard that it could possibly be used for uh, topically Mm. but i'd never seen any topical products or anything at this point and um I immediately started breaking open capsules and putting them on my friend's foot. Now I watched the swelling and bruises go down over the course of the next few days. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, it, that it was completely healed in a week. <laughs> like it was, I'd never seen anything like this before in my life. So, because of that experience, I I knew for my mother that if I could create a product that didn't reek like weed. <laughs> mm-hmm. That she could use that for her arthritis because I, I wanted to keep her off of opiates and things. Did like. you not mm. want it to
0: reek like weed because you wanted it to sort of be more value neutral and benign and not have a sort of the stigma, you know, or was it just sort of like.
2: So I didn't even think in those terms yet okay. at that point. Um, but my mother at the time worked for the Department of Alcohol and Drug Abuse Prevention Programs for there the state go. of Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So roll into work. Need, need to be discreet. Could not go Got to it. work. Got it. Reeking like weed. Got it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And the, when was this? This was two thousand five yeah. that I got together the a formula that was really close to what I do now, mm-hmm. but um, that didn't smell bad,
1: <laughs>
0: right?
2: Mm. Right, because nobody really loves the smell of cooked cannabis.
1: Yeah, you it's, know, I've I've heard it described before as like green. People call it like a green smell, a green mm-hmm. taste, and. I've found some people who love it, prefer it. To me, it's kind of like those people who, like, you want, like, the taste of, or you want to, like, feel the alcohol in the mouthwash to, like, know that it's cleaning. Mm, You want to, like, taste the green in your weed to know that it's weedy. A
0: a, a sous Oh. A (laughs) sous Yeah, like, well, that's the thing about, I mean, you know, so... Um, so um, you know, so you make topical products, is, and and this is where we're going with this. This is that. where we're going yeah. with this. <laughs> but I will say, like, uh, you know, um, I have been using your topical products uh, this week because uh, I hurt my back. I was in the gym on New Year's Day working out and hadn't worked out in a while and overdid it, and now my back really, really hurts. And there is a faint, like the faintest kind of, uh, almost. Um, uh it's like the promise of, of cannabis. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, oh God, you know. Uh Right, right. And right. I think I think I think Andy Bixel from Drip Ice Cream also does a great job of that, where there's like the little sought yes. of a yes. hint of
2: I call it background. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The background noise. That's perfect.
2: Yeah. Like there's definitely cannabis smell in the background. It fades yeah. in about twenty minutes after yeah, yeah. you after you apply it and rub it in, you know. Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't it's it doesn't permeate. In in that way
0: right
1: and it's truer to the essence of like fresh cannabis flowers rather than mm-hmm. like flour that's been sitting in coconut oil on a stovetop Indeed. for a long time yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: right. so that that said i did start <laughs> right with the crock pot back in the sure. day in the kitchen i'm sure yeah.
0: trial and error hell you know yeah
2: i mean i remember on oil making days um with the crockpot going it would literally just the entire house would reek for the entire day <laughs> and maybe a couple days after. <laughs> mhm.
0: So that was about 2005. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when did Empower Body Care really take S- hold?
2: So I launched Empower Body Care in t- 2013. Yeah. Um that was when we knew that they were going to have uh, licensed dispensaries in 14. Yep. And so I, I entered the market at that point. I had a f- I had a short, little quiet start actually in 2010, and got scared at, uh, out of the industry by um, the letters that went out to landlords of dispensaries. Do you right. do you remember back yeah, then? Yeah, I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. We yeah. It, when we started in 13, excuse me, in 14, uh, and it was it was very much a case of we couldn't find any place to grow. Mm-hmm. We couldn't find, and and I, and a bunch of people I knew who were who were we were hoping to sell to were losing their li- losing their leases. Yes, couldn't find new ones.
2: Yeah, that happened a lot. Yeah, that was then. a
0: that was frustrating.
2: Yeah, so shout out to Collective Awakenings that they were my first account. Mm.
0: All right, so Empower uh, is actually an acronym. Um, can you tell us what it stands for and how you came up
2: with it? <laughs> Absolutely, please. So I'll start with what it stands for, which is End Marijuana Prohibition organize women, enact reform. And, Love it. I, and Right? There's, mm. some, there's some power behind that. Uh, no, no pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go back to 2004 again. Let's please. Um, it really <clears> is story hour. It really is. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to take it even further back to 2003. Let's do it. Um, some friends came through town. I had moved to Salem to stay with my mother and help her for a, a little while. Uh, Some friends came through town with three little tiny clones of some strains that I really wanted to try. I put them under or next to, I put them next to a 40 watt shop light in under the basement stairs. They never would have done anything because I was too afraid to try to grow them. But I did keep them alive because you don't want to kill a plant, right? Well, I got caught with those three plants and they threw the book at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, re- yeah, um, so we took it to trial, mm-hmm. and I had hired uh, Lee Berger, who's an amazing uh, cannabis activist lawyer, mm-hmm. and um, he represented me. And we, like I said, we took it to trial, and we had a two and a half day trial. And during that trial, um, I was ac- at the end of the trial, I was acquitted by a jury of my peers in eight and a half minutes. Wow yeah so it turned me into an instant activist Mm. right now what put the icing on my activism cake in that way (laughs) was um, the statesman journal newspaper put out an article the next day they they didn't interview me or ask me any questions and don't you love that yeah it was it was pretty bad and it said you know local woman found not guilty for
0: heinous marijuana crimes yeah pretty much yeah pretty much yeah um crimes against humanity exactly War crimes,
2: yeah, that lots of them, mm-hmm. yeah, cannabis war crimes, mm-hmm. cannabis war crimes. So, I immediately started getting involved with Marijuana Policy Project, mm-hmm. Americans for Safe Access, um, Drug Policy Alliance, any any group that was helping to change policy, and um, I decided to go to Washington D.C. with a contingency from Oregon uh, with Americans for Safe Access and do some lobbying. It was one of the first years, I think Montel Williams lobbied with, with uh, mm-hmm. cannabis activists mm-hmm. um, on Capitol Hill. And then also um, Asa decided to, because Asa is constantly suing the FDA for not um, descheduling or rescheduling cannabis. And um,
0: Asa is Americans for Safe Access, just for our listeners. Yes. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, That's my, sh- my job is to make sure they know that. Yeah. My, my shorthand is sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, please.
2: Yeah. So, um, They wanted to do a direct action, which was having a number of us sit down on the steps of Health and Human Services and request that Tommy Thompson, who was the then director of Health and Human Services, come down. During the Bush administration? Yes, during the Bush administration, come down and tell us why they wouldn't even consider it. Right? So, um, descheduling or rescheduling. So, me and I think 13 other people were brave enough to do that it was a 50 dollars ticket that marijuana policy project had already agreed to pay for um it wasn't a big deal but it it the washington post had also agreed to write a story about it if if we did this Mm. so so we did and we went to what i like to call activist jail Mm -hmm. um we had oh by the way we had uh Thousands a, a banner with thousands of, of doctors' names who had recommended cannabis for their patients over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just drawing attention. That was that was the whole point. That said, we were in jail for six and a half hours. They didn't close the jail cell door on us. They were really nice, actually. <laughs> they were really nice to us. But while we were sitting there, <clears throat> it really it really hit me that alcohol prohibition was um, both started. And ended by women and the the suffragette movement also happened in the same 20 year period so and when I thought about all of my friends who used cannabis most of them were men um, and most of them had girlfriends or wives that didn't really approve right mm. interesting right well and that was my
0: experience too but yeah that's that's interesting to
2: yeah that was your experience as well yeah
0: more or less yeah yeah it oh, was me and my buddy smoked smoked weed in high school and college and and all the girlfriends hated not it of our girlfriends yeah
2: yeah did yeah same that so i i had that same experience um i mean obviously there's a handful of women friends that did as well but but the majority of the people i knew uh, didn't and or, or the women didn't and i realized that the, a lot of the reasons for that were when were afraid of getting their ch- children taken away they were afraid of stigma you know etc um or they hung out in high school with some guy who, you know, smoked weed in his basement and never did anything. You mm-hmm. know,
0: it it, it it was a socialization sort of.
2: Yeah, it really was. So I realized in that moment that if if we could mobilize women and also show them that it was less harmful than their husband being at a bar, <laughs> you know, after work yeah. instead, that. That we would destigmatize it, and that we could actually legalize it, because men had been trying to legalize it without a lot of help from women for, you know, 30 years at that point. Yeah. So th- sitting in jail, that's where I came up with the acronym. With the acronym. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That amazing. Is awesome. Right on. Great story. That's fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Oh, oh wait, I, yep. I must oh, say wait. also
2: at, at that time, in that while sitting there, I also realized that. For me I could be more effective as an advocate for for cannabis by creating products that uh, women and other people wanted to use right um, I was just and by giving money <laughs> right that I would be much more effective than sitting in a jail cell or getting a small write-up from the Washington Post mm.
0: right I mean yeah at the end of the day it's it's trying to bring people into this movement and now into this market right
1: yeah, mobilize and, and empower an untapped demographic.
2: Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. And, and demographics that, that need it the most. Right. That
1: could benefit from it yes. the most in different ways. Indeed. You don't have to be smoking weed in a basement no. in like video games no. to no. consume <laughs> cannabis. I
0: hate that stereotype so much. I know. I mean, it's, it's right? so silly. It's like there's an element of that you know sure of course, but it's of so course. it's such a right misnomer I and feel like.
2: that's what i love about topicals so, so much <clears throat> right topicals right. are are the opposite of that mm-hmm. so so let me ask you
0: so you know you you were doing this work as a cannabis activist um thinking about starting this company your activism obviously I- informed your company's ethos uh, and, and you know, and and, you, and and as a result, your company focuses on social justice, ethical and sustainable sourcing, and you can try to choose partners who are dedicated to similar values. You know, can I ask you how you um, sort of how you see that and especially how you look for those partners?
2: Yes, absolutely. So it's I think it's absolutely vital, especially for a company like mine that makes um, CPG, con- consumer packaged goods. Okay. Right? To... Um, to pick the best ingredients possible to put into those products. Now, um, when I go to look at a cannabis company, say to put, and I, I work with a number of different ones, Mm -hmm. um, in order to source for my products, uh, I look at not only how they grow the product and you know, whether they use, um, sustainable practices. We can't, necessarily say organic for cannabis because right mm-hmm. it's FDA yeah. yeah USDA doesn't allow it so um, USDA yeah it's all yeah. the same thing right? <laughs> yeah.
0: I wanted to this, let's just have this be acronym hour I wanted to ask what the MSRP on your CPGs were <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> stupid alright I'm sorry just to go ahead that's
2: alright yeah. uh, so not only do they have to use uh, sustainable practices in the producing of the cannabinoids or the cannabis they it's also important to me that they take good care of their team that they give back to the community that they care about their carbon footprint right Mm -hmm. so um, so here in Oregon uh, I work with East Fork cultivars Mm -hmm. Um, that's where I source my CBD from and I work with Yerba Buena for um, the THCA and then Willamette Valley Alchemy processes it for Mm -hmm. me so all great companies mm-hmm. all great companies who all take care of their teams awesome yep
0: all right so let's talk about those products a little bit and and we're we're going to i'll say we're going to dedicate the second segment of the show specifically to um the products and 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 how they work and and maybe even how they're produced somewhat but i wanted to just sort of ask up front um so there's this um consumer or uh, well, there's this business, firm, business intelligence firm called BDS Analytics that we all sort of use to find out what's happening in the market. And according to BDS Analytics, um, they say that your products are the best selling products of this type on the market, which is amazing, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, that said, I wanted to ask you how the changes in the Oregon market, um, specifically I guess you, you sell nationwide, but how the, how the changes in the market here have affected Empower Body Care.
2: Yeah. Curious. So, um,
0: and then we'll go to a break.
2: We haven't really felt uh, a lot of the changes in the market. Right. Um,
0: you're, you're such your own thing, you know, yeah, which is great. We're super niche. Yeah.
2: And we're also constantly doing community outreach. So we're bringing in new people all the time. Right. Um, it's one of the reasons I never advertise in like cannabis magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not our demographic right yeah right we're we're bringing in other people right we're bringing which we'll talk about later yeah so that said we haven't really felt a a big crunch we just closed out 2018 with a a 20% year-over-year growth from 2017 yes congratulations yeah thank you that's awesome Mm -hmm. thank you and we've I've got an amazing team like it it used to be me yeah right so and
0: you and I have been friends for a long time. I mean, basically since I got started in the business. I remember yeah. you're one of the first people I really kind of met and became friends with in it, outside of the people who were already uh, at Hi-Fi Farms, let's say. And it was a, it was you. It was just you for a long time. <laughs> it was just me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow, that was a lot of work. Yeah. It yeah. Makes me tired just thinking. I know. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Right.
0: And you are, but and you have one of my old staff members now working for you. I do. We're so lucky. To yeah. Her. She's wonderful, Sarah Holmes.
2: Yep. She. She's she's doing a great job. Yeah, she's a great lady. We're just thrilled to have her on the team.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm super glad to hear that the market uh, that is um, challenging for lots of people mm-hmm. maybe isn't so. And I think that's a testament to how good you are at what it is that you do.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. The boutique niche. Yeah. Um,
0: let's take a break there. Well, I also think, I think there's a lot, of, before we go to the break, I'll just say, I think there's a lot to be said for being first to market in this particular uh, in this particular instance, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like you, you had a vision. You knew what you wanted to do. You had good uh, reasons for doing it. Mm-hmm. You kept at it, which says which is so much, you know. Oh yeah. And you're still doing it, and and I think you're reaping sort of the success you're reaping now um, is a result of that tenacity and and sort of that vision and and um, yeah, that hard work, right?
2: Ah, you know. Shucks. Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> Let's take a break there. Uh, Trish is going to stop blushing and uh, we're going right to <laughs> come right back. You are listening to This is Cannabis on X-Ray FM.
1: This is Cannabis is brought to you by the Craft Cannabis Alliance. The Craft Cannabis Alliance is a network of values-driven, Oregon-owned companies committed to defining, supporting, and celebrating authentic craft cannabis and building an industry dedicated to people, place, planet, and plant. The Alliance is leading the fight for interstate commerce in legal cannabis through the One Fix campaign. Export is the centerpiece of a successful Oregon industry that will support hundreds of farms and dozens of companies, providing world class artisan products to legal markets and cannabis lovers everywhere
0: All right, and we are back if you were just joining us you're listening to this is cannabis on x-ray FM the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene my name is Lee Henderson with me in the studio today is my co-host Emma Chasen and our guest is Trista Oakle, the founder and CEO of empower body care thank you for staying with us
2: no thank you for having me
0: hello Hi. Um, (laughs) let's talk top topicals Uh, I want to read uh, the list of products that you guys offer and I want to, and we'll discuss them very briefly, and then I know that Emma has some specific questions for you. hey (laughs) oh, hashtag science. So these are the products that you guys have, and and I don't mean this to be sort of an infomercial for you guys, I really, I'm hoping to explain to our audience, like, what they are, you know what I mean? Um, Topical relief oil, soaking salts, topical relief lotion, and foreplay.
2: That is correct. The number four. The number four in the word play. Yeah. So
0: tell us about those, and I can, you know, you know what they are, or I can give you the list again. And...
2: <laughs> right. So uh, topical re- relief oil was yeah. my first product. Right. That was the product that I made for my mom that took her from an 8 to a 3 on the pain scale. Right. Mm-hmm. And
0: I should also say that's the, the product that I'm currently using on my back that I hurt working out in the gym two days ago.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for... Um, for application for you know aches and pains, inflammation, etc., that is the number one product I I go to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the most uh, potent. Um, the, n- that said, the foreplay product is also is actually way more potent, but it's meant to be used in a different way. Right. We'll get there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, exactly. But for relief, um, yep. that that is the number one product to go to. Um, and it's our number one selling product as well. Mm-hmm. Although the lotion is is hot on its tail. It really is. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, All of your products are... uh, And and
2: that's a roll-on, I just have to say. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I use organic jojoba oil as the main carrier oil in it. And um, the reason I do that is because the jojoba oil is the most like our own skin sebum. So it absorbs faster and better than any other oil does so it's not a greasy what's your experience Lee is it is it a greasy oh product it,
0: yeah it, no 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 not at all it rubs right in mm-hmm. and then you can sort of like uh lay, if if you're lying on your stomach and, and someone's putting it on your back and then you lay back on your on your bed you don't feel like you're like oh now it's all over my sheets you right. know what I mean at all exactly right yep for sure uh, and that is because the and I'll say like all of the products are non-toxic, hypoallergenic, anti-inflammatory, non-psychoactive, vegan, non-GMO and gluten free, which is just a great list. It's amazing.
2: Uh, <laughs> and they're also, you know, uh, paraben free. There's no nothing in there that you don't want. Right. Mm. In a product.
0: Soaking salts.
2: Yes. Soaking salts. Everybody loves the soaking salts. Yeah. I love the soaking salts. Right? They're so I give them nice. as I give
0: them as gifts to people.
2: Oh. That's but a can, great gift. Can you
0: can you can you maybe describe the effect if the effect of the topical relief oil is really anti-inflammatory and 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 you know other and otherwise known as pain relief in some way, mm-hmm. um, the soaking salts. What are the effect of the soaking salts?
2: So the soaking salts. Most people don't know this. Are infused with a really potent, um, highly concentrated version of the topical relief oil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so a four ounce soaking salt has roughly 20 milligrams THCa, um, 20 milligrams CBD, and like. Yeah, seven, give or take of THC. So, um, and we use a sustainably sourced um, Dead Sea and Pink Himalayan salts as well as USP grade um, Epsom salt in them. So the beauty of, of the soaking salts is that all of the minerals in the salts all work towards the same end as all of the ingredients in the topical relief oil. So it's pain relief. It's and this is like magnesium, right. um, Iodine. There's a number of different um, calcium. There's a, a number of different minerals that all work for the towards this. So it's also a great detox too, which most people don't know. Um, but when you combine all these products to, or all these ingredients together, yep. you get synergy, and so it's extremely effective. Or at least that's that's the feedback energy, baby on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And, and I want to, you know, make I want to make super clear to our listeners that these products like are they do not get you high. No. Right. Like the soaking salts.
2: No, they don't get you high. However, mm. lots of people get so relaxed.
0: Right. There's a euphoria.
2: Right. That they Which
0: could maybe be misconstrued they as think being soaking high. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the soaking salts do have access to mm-hmm. uh, mucous membranes. So it's different when you're applying it, like to the dermis, mm-hmm. to the skin. Mm-hmm. They do have access to mucous membranes if you're taking a bath, right? So that's where you could get more of that, like more penetration, body high. Yep. Yeah.
2: Okay. Right. But that said, though, it, it, no one takes a bath in hot enough bath water to decarboxylate the THCA. Right. And the tiny, tiny amount of THC that's in there um, when taken in through a mucous membrane is also not enough to make one feel high. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's really just there to stimulate the CBD. It I'd is. imagine. Yeah.
2: Well, to it, uh, yes. How, yeah.
0: How does that work? I'm, I'm, I'm on the right track there, right?
1: You are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it goes back to the idea of synergy, that mm-hmm. when you have all of these things working together, right. that it does create more of a holistic a rising effect, tide lifts all boats we could say. sort of yeah yeah thing. and yeah. we'll get to the the formulation the formulations yeah. yes
0: and yeah. the and specific. and I want to make sure I want to ask you to ask Trista the, the THCA versus the THC oh i got you boo. word all right <laughs> um, tro- uh great uh, topical relief lotion
2: yeah so i created the lotion because not everybody wants to use an oil right right and um, it also gives me the ability to Play with other essential oils like um, lemon verbena. We're also going to be le- mm. releasing a number of other lotions. Um, the in, lotion uh, smells so good. Different profiles. It smells so good.
0: Can right? you and and then and then I'm going to ask you. So we'll get to the foreplay in a second. But for these three uh, products, can you give us some examples of people that these products would like would the who would benefit?
2: Yes, I can tell you about some of the people who write to us. Okay. Um, Yeah, please. That'd be great. So, we get a lot of people with arthritis writing to us and saying that that these products were basically lifesavers for them. Um, We've got one lady who writes to us pretty regularly that um, her husband has bed sores, and the topical relief oil, black label, is the only thing that prevents them. So, you know, in the beginning, she was, when she first started using these on her husband, um, they, she would need a 30 mil bottle every month. And now she buys one once every six months because he, he doesn't need it as much because his skin is, has healed so much. Um, cause he's obviously bedridden. Mm. Um, we get athletes, uh, right. Weekend warriors, um, yeah. who use the products to, for faster recovery. Um, probably more so in with the, our CBD only line or hemp derived CBD only line. Um, just because, uh, like we heard from some people in major teams, um, that I can't, I can't say out loud, um, who just swear by the products for, for the fast recovery. Um, we get lots of people who have been awaiting knee surgeries. That's, that's been a big one. Um, saying that the topical relief oil is the only thing that got them through. Um, like I said, for my mom, it's, you know three forms of arthritis and a, and a broken back
0: mm-hmm. so uh, it's those it's those sorts of uh, maybe not is ailments the right word sort of conditions
2: yeah you know yeah, um,
0: either chronic or acute that the, these products are specifically geared towards or will best yep. aid
2: yep exactly <clears throat> yep. Um, lots of well gosh it, it really does go on um, go lo- on lots of women with cramps use the mm-hmm. products mm-hmm. Um, with endo my wife and I both have endo mm-hmm uh, so uh, the soaking salts and the foreplay together work great for me. Yeah. It's the list really does continue. Right. right.
0: Great. Um foreplay.
2: Yes. So that product I created because I had a number of customers asking me for one. Um and they were wanting to use my topical relief oil for that and it has essential oils and oils in it that shouldn't be used um on down there <laughs> in, yeah <clears throat> yeah so uh i created a product that was ph balanced and um able to be used um, for sex for sex yeah yeah uh that said um it works wonderfully for that and is really an enhancer um, for sensual and sexual experiences mm-hmm. and later <laughs> after the product had been out in the market for about six months. I was approached by another vendor while making a delivery to a dispensary who told me that she used it for cramps. She just sprayed, you know, six sprays on the end of a tampon and it worked <clears> excellent for her. I said, no way. <laughs> she said, yeah. And so the next time I had cramps, I tried it and it worked. Mm. I was shocked. Now I'd say probably 50% of the people who buy that product. Uh, I'm doing
0: it for those reasons? Yep. Exactly. Can I stop right there and say it really sounds like you have succeeded in your mission of, of like, bringing women into the, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Bringing women in, like. Oh, yeah. Well done.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, you know, one state down, I I have a number of other states to to get.
0: Well, let's talk about that because the next question I was going to ask before I turned it over to Emma was um, the difference between your white label and your black black label.
2: Mm, Yeah, great. So... The black label is cannabis infused. Um, the formulations besides the foreplay, which is only THC, um, all the, of the other formulations are a THC-A uh, CBD one-to-one ratio right. with a little bit of THC in them. And our white label products are, are, are hemp drive CBD. Right. Meaning so, that you can buy them online. Meaning you can buy them right. online and in many other states. I think we're in 28 states right now with those products. Nice. Awesome. Amazing. Right?
0: Um, so white label and black label, um, black label only available in Oregon. Oh, that's not true. You're available in Washington too, actually, We are right?
2: available in Washington as well. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I knew that. It's a slower growing market up there, um, but there's definitely shops that you can get it in. Right. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm going to hand this next portion uh, of, the, um, of the interview over to Emma, and I'm going to sit back and try not to make jokes. <laughs> Good luck. It's
1: okay. Nice. So, um... I want to dive more into the product formulations, specifically with the black label, yes. because we have talked about and just now touched on that you use THCA, mm-hmm. which for listeners who don't know, THCA is the acidic precursor to delta 9 THC, which delta 9 THC is quote unquote the active form of THC that can bind to our first cannabinoid receptor and that makes us feel high. And I know uh, from working with you Trista, that you've had to kind of defend your position on using THCa mm-hmm. um, and and CBD instead of the delta nine decarboxylated version of THC in those first three products, not in your foreplay. Is this right? a right. cannabis
0: purist, purist cannabis purist argument? Who are you defending against? I'm sorry.
1: So it's it is just and correct me if I'm wrong, Trista. Um, but it is people who think that the it's it's kind of like potency. In, with flour, we're uh-huh. like, oh, the what will work the best is the most THC, oh, okay. the most concentrated, the most bang for my buck,
2: mm-hmm. right? So very, you re- say
0: that's very reductive sort of thinking.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest, if I wanted to make just straight THC products, it would be so much cheaper.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: It would. It, that, that is definitely the least expensive way to go for a company to make products that just have THC in them. Mm-hmm. Costs less than half of what I pay for my cannabinoids.
1: yeah, and and really, we are still um, I think in the area of topical science, kind of the we have the most archaic understanding of mm-hmm. what's really happening in the skin with the cannabinoids. Um, and so before we kind of dive into what we do know, I wanted to ask you first why you chose to include THCA instead of uh, a large amount of decarboxylated THC.
2: That is a great question. So, as we know, I've been playing with my formulations since two thousand four. Um, I get started getting my products tested in twenty thirteen, um, and in I'd say twenty thirteen, I, I did a lot more playing um, in that. I would fully decarboxylate, and see what that would do, and we got mu- the the feedback I got from the the patients that I was giving the products to at that time um, was that it didn't work as well as my formulation where I didn't decarboxylate. So over time and through a lot of trial and error and feedback um, from a number of of people that were using the products to get relief and were dependent upon the products to get for their relief so that they didn't have to take pharmaceuticals um i heard over and over and over again that you know formula a versus formula b just worked better mm. yeah so it was really just based on anecdotal evidence for me
1: yeah yeah and i mean the i think that the success of your company kind of proves that in a lot of ways um that people are finding such relief from this Formula of THCA CBD with a little bit of the delta 9 mm-hmm. instead of just delta 9 THC. Right. And I think that we can then point back to a synergistic effect between the cannabinoids um, and typically, or and and look to what's happening in the skin because yeah. the cannabinoids they are fat soluble and so they don't make it all the way through the skin into the bloodstream right and that is why topicals should not get you high um, right and have you have you heard of people who have gotten high from your topicals what do you have to say on on that kind of so fact
2: so I exclude foreplay from this. From the the conversation when we talk about this, because that is straight Delta 9 THC and it's used on mucous membranes. So if used in excess, it can make you feel high. Mm -hmm. That said, all of the other products that I make, um, because that is a standalone, I've never heard anybody say they felt high from them, ever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yet they do work. I mean, like my wife, who does not use cannabis, is not a fan of cannabis. Right, um, but who has you know bad cramps and also is like a somewhat of a weightlifter? Like she lifts, you know, she works out a lot, um, pretty regularly. She uses your product, I think, pretty much daily, and um, really really enjoys it. And again, is not someone who gets high,
2: right, at all. I, I'd say, and like, uh, and
0: loves it in, in you know,
2: like seventy percent of our clientele uh, who use our products would never get high, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And they they shouldn't because those cannabinoids can't penetrate fully through the skin to right. get to the bloodstream, and even if they can, I mean, what's going into your bloodstream is mostly THCA and CBD, mm-hmm. which, again, cannot effectively or efficiently even bind to those first cannabinoid receptors to make you feel high.
2: Right. Well, plus they're not um, intoxicating. Right. Cannabinoids. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so... Then we ask the question of, okay, how, then how, did it, how does it work? How does it work? <laughs> Which I can answer, but... <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Can you? Yeah. Trista Ockel, this is your life.
2: Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. so because I have hired awesome, because I've hired awesome researchers, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I can answer those questions a little bit. Yes. Awesome. Give it to us. So we have different receptors and enzymes in the skin um, that that interact with THCA and CBD. Um, some of these are TRPA one, which THCA activates, and Emma, I'm going to ask you to go into the science on that sure. a little bit. Yeah. Um, TRPM eight, which THCA suppresses. Mm-hmm. Um, TRPV one, which CBD activates. Mm-hmm. And TNF alpha, which um, CBD and THCA both uh, inhibit. Mm-hmm. Correct? Perfect. Awesome. That was
1: so great. Yeah. plus. So yes, that is completely correct. This family of what we call vanilloid receptors or capsaicin receptors, they're the TRP family, TRP-A1, TRP-M8, and TRP-V1, um, are all receptors found throughout our skin that are responsible for uh, sensing heat or pain. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're really important because they... Um, they are specifically crucial when we talk about adaptive pain, where if I touch a hot pan, those receptors fire off and it makes me feel pain and heat, so I let go of the pan. If we didn't have those receptors, then um, then I would just hold on to that pan until I cause serious damage right. to, to my skin and to tissues. Now. Pain becomes maladaptive when there's no external stimuli that's causing that pain. And so for whatever reason um, our our brain is processing pain incorrectly, and how how we kind of ameliorate that is by engaging these receptors by either um, antagonizing them or or uh, activating them. And so mm-hmm. when you say that THCA activates the TRPA1 receptor, it helps to dull the pain sensation, specifically also dull um or yeah, dull inflammation leading to an anti-inflammatory response same with the antagonism of TRPM8. So the actual shutting down of TRPM8 mm-hmm. causes that anti-inflammatory response as well. Same kind of deal with TRPV1 um, with CBD, activating that there, helping to dull pain and also inflammation, which is uh, all all good things, again, when this pain is maladaptive. When we don't have any external stimuli that that's causing this um, awful response within us. And then the TNF alpha, that's a tumor necrosis factor, that's specifically in regards to inflammation. Mm-hmm. So really, like Your story earlier, when you first tried the cannabis topically and you saw that the swelling and the bruising went down, Mm -hmm. that is because um, those cannabinoids are actually helping in the dermis, in the skin, to reduce the body's inflammatory response. To just be like, okay, body, calm down. We're okay. Like We can heal without blowing things up. We can reduce the histamine right. response. Just, just
0: be cool, Bonnie. Just
1: be just, cool, just, Bonnie. Yeah. We're good. We're good. We don't need any more histamine here. Right. We're all right. And that—that that is how cannabis can work topically without ever getting into the bloodstream, without ever binding to cannabinoid receptors in our brain. Indeed. Awesome.
2: Thanks for making it clear. Amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I—I um, I wanted to also touch on now, apart from from science. Um, we talked a lot about how women are using topicals and mm-hmm. how you're you're kind of bringing them into the fold, which I think is so important. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically if you've seen other demographics come in um, who could really benefit from cannabis, but that have felt previously excluded.
2: From yes, it. absolutely. Mm. Um, elders, for sure. Mm. Uh, I, I would say a good sixty percent of our until at least our our elders. And, you know, there are people that were that grew up thinking cannabis was bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there are also people who would like to save their livers and kidneys. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, from using too many NSAIDs and don't feel like getting addicted to opiates. So they'd like to try al- alternative therapies, alternative methods of of, you know, helping them to cope with their pain and inflammation. Um, As we get older, we all end up having something. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's so important. I mean, even if it's just dose reduction of Mm -hmm. these pharmaceuticals, even if it's just helping them to...
2: We've seen that a lot.
1: Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. is awesome. Right? Good. It's important. I mean, helping them find some like lucidity and higher quality of life, better quality of life at the end of life. It's Mm -hmm. so important I think um, to really begin to educate the the senior population demographic the elders who have been arguably the most brainwashed by cannabis
0: prohibition
1: oh absolutely and who are also on such a cocktail of pharmaceuticals
0: right. they needed the most
1: yeah they could really benefit from it again even if it's just a dose reduction of some of those pharmaceuticals right even if it's just a like a little bit of a Lift to to feel okay about being in an assisted living home. Yep, you know.
2: Um, oh, that gets tricky.
1: Yes. Well, that's that's where it's um you you can't go into assisted living facilities, right? And well, I mean, and talk about your products.
2: So I I can I can if they are um, privately funded. Okay. Right. If they're privately funded, I right. can. If they're federally funded, I cannot. Right. Exactly. Even yeah.
0: about, even with even. Uh, white label? Talking about white label? I can. Okay.
1: But a lot of them are still right. weird. I mean, about yeah,
0: sure. It. I mean, like legally you could, but it's just they won't let you. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: right. Yeah. Right. I mean, so even with my mom, she's been um, in and out of the hospital a lot uh, for a number of different health issues, and um, her pain is something that, you know, needs to be addressed in addition to chronic pain too. whatever the is- other issues she's having are. And um, she's been in you know, temporary rehabilitation, um, you know, after recovering from a surgery or something, um, even in those situations we had to give her the oil and she could only use it on the DL. Like it was definitely like one nurse would be really anti and another nurse would say, it's cool. You can use it. I'll look the other way. Um, and you know, yet, Another, like a CNA or something, would actually apply it for her. So, it's we. I've seen this over and over again. Um, The medical community still needs to be educated, for sure. And I think a lot of their issues um, with using even topical uh, cannabis products um, come down to federal funding.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, the risk of losing their their AMA license, right, and those sorts of things.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is so frustrating when we're talking about people's health, especially at end of life.
2: Right. And when, <laughs> I'm sorry, but when I'm 75, I want to be able to use whatever I want. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that, That it blows my mind that that's not even, that that's not a possibility for a lot of these folks. Um, that said, we have heard from a number of assisted living uh, facilities that, that have told us that they're now opening up. To CBD, they've got yeah, their ways good, of thinking. Good, yeah, I think there's a lot of patients that are are using, especially CBD products, yeah. um, uh, on on the down low in in these facilities.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, before we let you go, we want to ask you our uh, what's become our like final question for guests. Yeah, our favorite um, question. Our favorite question, which is, um, Trista Oakle, uh how do you define quality cannabis?
2: Mm that's such a big question for me <laughs> so you have two and a half minutes <laughs> all right I, I can do that so um, it's like I said before it's really important um, how the well number one the genetics of of the of the can, of the cannabis are vitally important um, number two how it's grown um, number three how the company that's growing it or the person that's growing it treats treats their teams, um, that all defines quality for me. Um, that said, terpenes. Mm. <laughs> terpenes all day. Um, I have never been a numbers person in that uh, you know, 34% THC doesn't wow you. No, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't. But when I see high levels of terpenes, and the terpene profiles that make my mouth salivate. <laughs> that's what quality cannabis is to me.
0: Word. Love uh, it. Love it. Love awesome. it. We love that answer. We
1: do. That's that's the right
0: answer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, we're such jerks. All right. I think we should leave it there. Thanks, guys. Um, Trista Ockel, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's um, such a pleasure. How can people find you online specifically I mean anyone really, but especially people who work in assisted living facilities, that kind of thing.
2: Awesome, yeah. yeah so they can check out our website, uh, empowerbodycare.com. dot com. Um, if they're afraid of seeing uh, the black label products, they right. can always go to empowerhemp.com. dot com. Okay. <laughs> nice.
0: Cool. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. We I I did the two websites for that reason. Okay. Um, and
0: the- all your infos there all of our infos there social media that kind of thing all those buttons and email addresses they can do that okay they can do that fantastic thank you again so much for coming in so
2: good to have you it's it's absolutely my pleasure you guys thanks for having me
0: uh you were listening to this is cannabis on x-ray fm and we'll be right back this is Cannabis is brought to you by the Open Cannabis Project, an independent nonprofit whose mission it is to build a transparent, and open-source repository of cannabis data. Thanks to nearly 80 years of prohibition, cannabis is suffering from a bad case of both misinformation and missing information. The Open Cannabis Project is on a mission to fill this information gap, creating, creating an open data repository of anonymized cannabis chemical readings. These public records can help bring fairness and transparency 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 to everything from intellectual property issues to lab result tolerances. Donate your data and help fill that information gap. Thank you for staying with us. You were listening to This is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. My name is Lee Henderson, uh, the co-founder of Portland Craft Cannabis Company, Hi-Fi Farms. And with me is Emma Chasen, the founder of Eminent Consulting. Hey Uh, Now is the time when we make recommendations. Emma, what do you got?
1: Yay. So I recommended this book a while back, My Brilliant Friend, part of the Neapolitan novels by Elena Ferrante. And the HBO um, special on My Brilliant Friend is currently all on HBO. And it is amazing. It's really amazing. I've heard it's amazing. It's wonderful. It is in the Neapolitan dialect, which I think is so incredible. Right. It's so crucial to tell that story, but to really hear it in that dialect, um, gives a whole a whole kind of like it really paints the very godfather too scene, the neighborhood, the the violence, the the feeling of Naples, which is not a good feeling by any means. Um I'm currently on the third book and I just I love it with each book I love it more and more and more and to be able to watch the, the series that is in Italian that is in that dialect and, and you have to read English subtitles. Um, it's just phenomenal. I love it. I love it. And I come from a very large family, um, of Southern Italian descent origin. Um, grandfather was from very poor, violent neighborhood in Naples, um, growing up there, very similar to what the story kind of, um, Tells and my grandmother was from an island that they go to frequently in the books. Um, East the Striga yeah. Verde, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so it's really fascinating to see the origins of, um, really like trauma based legacy that yeah. starts in. Italian DNA the anxiety the violence the the violence of men against women and but it's so commonplace that then women enact violence against each other and and how that legacy gets passed down through the generations
0: shame and guilt exactly and, yeah, exactly and
1: pride and accomplishment right, and right. it is so interesting if you are of Italian descent I I feel like it should be required um to to begin to like understand the complex and chaotic workings of the, the, relationships
0: right and 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 the pr- programming of, yes. of, of like you exactly know.
1: the trauma that literally gets passed down in DNA yeah. um and and of course also like the the beautiful things that come with it right. as well but but really taking a look at that and then if if you're not Italian it's still fascinating story um where it it takes place in like the 50s 60s 70s um so so you also just get the the climate of italy um as like fascism is now kind of like dying out and what's taking place and it's it's incredible both the books and the the hbo special i don't
0: know much about like post-world war ii italy yeah. I know plenty about like post-World War II kind of u- more Germany and then the USSR, but I don't really know a lot about Italy, well, I think who was an Axis uh, power.
1: Yeah, yeah, with Mussolini. I think that's the thing about Italy is it kind of got left behind and forgotten in a weird way. Yeah. Um, like Italy is not great, doing great even now from like an economic Standpoint, right. um, and their social politics are also really, of course, that, awful.
0: Vatican City, I'm sure Ugh, you know yeah. is there. Yeah, and,
1: and there's a ton of xenophobia in Italy, a ton uh-huh. of racism, um, and and so it's interesting to like take a look through this fictional story, right? A um, kind of like take a take a look at that, but one that's steeped in
0: verisimilitude and yes, and, and that and like
1: and that there is a conversation around. Is it real? I mean, Elena Ferrante, who writes the books, um, writes under a pen name. Right. That's not her name, and nobody has ever met her besides her publisher. Like, not even the director of the HBO special mm. has met her, seen her. And so, um, there's a lot of kind of conspiracy, maybe that it is more autobiographical because because she, she does really out the the Camorra, which is the uh, Italian mafia in Naples, and how just Breaking disgusting, the exactly. Yeah exactly so yeah it's it's amazing
0: the interesting thing to me about characters like Ferrante or even Thomas Pinchon or like Banksy mm-hmm. you know just like these sort of mythical anonymous shrouded genius. in such mystique yeah
1: and and it only I think lends to to their craft to yeah what they're trying to accomplish
0: all right cool so my brilliant friend on HBO yes word yes um well I uh, I'm going to continue rec- uh, recommending things that I uh, took in over the holiday break. Uh, this one is is a book that I absolutely devoured, and it was I think the best thing I I read um, in 2018, which I know were are past. But uh, over the ho- uh, holiday break, I re- I listened to on audio, and then also, but I also bought the book, and so I got to sort of experience the. The pictures and the storytelling which was it was the beastie boys book mm. have you seen the beastie boys book like in powell's or whatever no okay uh, amazing really uh right. and the audiobook particularly is amazing because it's i mean it's a it's a very long book it's written by mike d and ad rock michael diamond and um adam horowitz uh you know two of the three beastie boys of course mca adam Yauch. um Died from cancer a couple of years ago. Uh, I was a huge BC Boys fan. I am a huge, huge BC Boys fan. Mm. Uh, and, uh, but they the the story. So it's, it it's, it's like a five or six hundred page book. It's really long, um, but really amazing. And, um, and the, all their stories are great. Um, they sort of go back and forth between, you know, Mike D will write a chapter, Adam will write a chapter. There's a couple of guest authors. Um, and the storytelling that was the most compelling to me is the early stuff where they talk about growing up in New York City in the late 70s and early 80s going to like you know, Black Flag's first uh, New York City show, and mm. seeing Bad Brains, and and sort of, but then going uptown to danceateria, and and you know, commuting sort of with the disco and the and the sort of the more the the, the salsa, the Latin, you know, um, thing, and they were in New York, you know, for the birth of hip hop, and and uh, were friends with Run DMC and uh, and Grandmaster Flash and those kinds of characters, and they really just the, the sort of, you know, uh, multi-racial. Uh, um, tapestry that they talk about uh, that New York City was at that time in the music, um, sort of underground, is goes on for for several cha- er, several early chapters, and it's just the coolest to mm. me. You know, as someone who who has really done a lot of reading about like CBGB's, the Please Kill Me book, and you know, uh, and someone who also is, like very kind of interested in like the Studio Fifty Four era, you know, of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of 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 disco and sort of how. Um, you know, and, and the Beastie Boys really sort of, I think more than anybody else, uh, at, you know, at the time, or kind of almost ever, um, have, kind of how they weaved all of those different music scenes, uh, and, and, and then hip hop, um, and even, even like lounge jazz. I mean, there's so many, you know, there's live musical over New York City still, but there, there definitely was like a very interesting, uh, you know, amazing scene uh, in the late 70s and early 80s in New York. And the way they talk about it, the way they describe it and the fact that they were like 16 year old bratty kids, you know, punk kids who. But they had this sort of taste and the where they had the wherewithal and the freedom, I should say, um, because they were sort of, uh, you know, free range kids. But then also they had the the taste and the good sense to not to, you know, to they knew what was good. They'd see the clash at bonds, but then they'd go see, you know. like a drag show, you know what I mean, right. and like a, in like a, you know, a underground gay club, you know right. what I mean. So it's like they, they were, they were real, um, open-minded folks, and I think it shows in the music and the, and the book is hysterical. And also, just very, very briefly on the audiobook, which I really do recommend that to be the way that you take the book in, if you are so lucky. I have a bunch of really great. Guest readers, uh, so it's like everybody from John Stewart to Rachel Maddow to Chuck D Whoa. to um, God, who else? I mean, Amy Poehler, um, uh, Fab Five Freddy, like who's an old, uh, uh, you know? Trying to think who else. It's just very, very interesting uh, guests who read the chapters because I think they realized that a certain either they didn't want to read the whole book themselves or they mm-hmm. thought this will be more fun yeah. if we bring in Keith Olbermann, you know, and yeah. or John Stewart or. Um, you know, Chuck D or whatever. Um, so the Beastie Boys book, uh, it's, it really was like the, just the coolest book I've read in a long time. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. So that's, awesome. my, that's my recommendation. Good one. All right. That does it for this week's. This is cannabis. Please remember to email questions, comments, and musical submissions to this is cannabis at uh, x Also, please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at this is canna on x-ray. This is Cannabis is engineered by Will Romy and our theme music is Impossible Okay by Portland artist Motric Wubba 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 good night and good luck and thanks so much for listening